Hey, it's your host, Abigail Pumphrey, and I'm on a personal mission to help more small business owners become financially free. I like to nerd out on all things business, marketing, and most definitely the numbers. I'm talking all the lessons learned as I turned a layoff into a seven-figure online business. I like to share it all and no conversation is off the table. We talk actionable strategies, biz challenges, and all the things life throws your way. Grief, anxiety, loss, and resilience are all topics you'll find here. So grab a cup of coffee and settle in because you're listening to the Strategy Hour podcast brought to you by Boss Project. Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got Crash Plan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. Crash Plan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. Today on the podcast, we have our friend, our new friend, our new BFF, I feel like, Julie Solomon. She is a longtime listener, first-time interviewer, a fan of the podcast, which is my favorite, but she also has some sexy taglines like New York Times bestselling publicist, influencer marketing expert and strategist, founder of an iTunes top 15 business podcast, and speaker. Like, girlfriend knows her stuff. It's true. In this episode, we are talking about the number one marketing strategy every business owner forgets and how it sabotages their growth. Not to mention all of these crazy, insane places on the internet that y'all did not know existed and how they can help unlock some crazy publicity for you inside your biz. Hello, everybody. We are here with Julie. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here as a avid listener and just a fan. Not only is it an honor to be here, but just excited to put more names with faces and get more uh, personal connection. I'm so excited for this and so excited to um, to to dive into to your audience and your fantastic community that you cultivated. Yes, yes. I love it. Well, we're super excited to hear that because I feel like almost everyone calls out in their email that like, hey, I just listened to this previous episode and it was great. And I can never really know if that's like a marketing tactic to get me to say yes to have them on the show. And then you were like, no, no, literally I do listen to the show. So it's actually, it's really valuable to hear that. And I'm, I'm happy to have you on and we're happy to hang out and chat and get to put a face with a listener. So it's pretty fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) But you have some pretty, uh, you know, sexy taglines after your name here. And they, uh, our listeners heard them when we introduced you, um, at the beginning of the show, but 
like literally working with folks like Emily Lay, like what the French toast. I know. She's an amazing human being. She is an incredible human being. And I have had the honor and the privilege to work with her this year. And we are actually just now starting to wrap her up. Her book, A Simplified Life, actually just came out last week on the 24th of November. So if you guys are listening and you're avid fans of hers, like we all are, you should definitely check that out. She is just an incredible human. And it's been such a fantastic opportunity to be able to work with her. I've been seeing her ads pop up in my feed and I love seeing her face. And so I'm not mad about it at all. But outside of your amazing expertise on pitching and landing publicity and helping amazing people like Emily get their books out and heard and read and all of the things, you also know some other cool marketing tactics. And I feel like you have one up your sleeve that a lot of people struggle with. And that a lot of people forget about when trying to grow their business and figuring out how to succeed in this whole entrepreneurial life. So spill the beans. What are the things that people forget about? Well, the one thing that I I, I guess have noticed, you know, I've been in PR since 2007, so I'm I'm dating myself here um, for almost over 10 years. Um, And like, as you mentioned, I've I've been able to work with dozens and dozens of New York Times bestselling authors. And then from that, I also innovated into influencer marketing. I've gotten to work with some of the top, um, you know, YouTubers and fashion bloggers and lifestyle bloggers and even some people on kind of the celebrity side of things who have an online platform and use that to kind of grow and cultivate an influence. So whether it's, you know, the former ABC Bachelorette or whether it's Emily Lay or, you know, no matter who it is, the one thing that I kept kind of finding that was a common denominator in a lot of campaigns or a lot of brands or even just a lot of people who may be their own brand is figuring out who their audience is. And I feel like that is always kind of the one one marketing tactic or one marketing challenge, if you will, that people seem to either overlook or maybe they feel as if they know, so they don't really spend time there. I always feel like it's kind of like Monopoly, like they just want to like pass go and collect the $200 without really doing the work. Absolutely. And um, want to collect the six Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and they're, you know, they're like, okay, well, I know who I am and I know what my message and what my mission is. And I know I have a clear understanding of what my product and service is, so I'm just going to put this out. But I always say, like, if you're talking to everybody, you're talking to nobody. And so you really need to get super specific on the person that you're talking to or the, the, the small group of people that you're talking to because it's a lot easier to talk to, quote unquote, one person or to a small group of, of people than it is to try to talk to a void of people. And the more and more that we as entrepreneurs use the online space as that platform to get out our mission, our service, our products, the more that we are going to continue to talk to avoid if we don't know exactly who it is that we're talking to. Well, what are some questions that we should be asking ourselves to really identify who this audience is? Yeah. So I actually, I get really specific with this and I'm so glad that's like my favorite question in the world. Um, I actually have a worksheet on my website. Um, feel free to go to go to it. It's it's a free worksheet. You get it. Um, it's juliesolomon.net forward slash newsletter if you just want to sign up. And it helps you attract your ideal audience member. So it's questions, you know, kind of like the usual suspects, right? Like how old is your audience? Um, you know, and I, I like to, to teach the audience, uh, to treat the audience like it's one person. So I'll say 
you know, how old is, is, you know, him or her? Um, where do they live? Um, you know, what kind of uh, socioeconomic background do they have? What kind of education do they, do they have? But then I get really specific and I start asking things like, what is the last YouTube video that they searched? Um, you know, what are their friends reading? What three books did they take to the beach with them at a girl's trip? You know, what kind of um, margarita do they prefer? on Taco Tuesday. I get so super specific about who this person is because I want you as the marketer, as the brand, to be able to see, smell, taste, feel, hear, everything that you need to know about this person. And then actually at the end of it, I like to give the person a name. So you're really being able to set up a visual description of who this person is. And then from there, you can go on to say, my person's name is Olivia. So then when I start to move forward, which we can talk more about in a little bit, but when I start to move forward with either developing other products or services, or even just putting out an Instagram post, I'll say, okay, is this helping Olivia? Is this going to educate her in some way? Is this going to inspire her? Is this going to, you know, be some kind of solution provider for her? And if it's not, then I don't do it. And it just makes it a little bit more manageable because it's hard. Well, it is hard. And I think one of the biggest struggles and why people don't don't necessarily follow that exercise every time is I feel like, especially at the beginning when we don't have an audience, we don't feel like we know the answers to those questions because we're making it up. And we're like, well, if I were to serve the perfect person, here's what her answers would be. And I feel like sometimes it, it's difficult to get in that person's shoes. And so... Is it literally, when you're asking yourself those questions, you're not basing it on actual data, you're not basing it on an actual Olivia answering those questions for you, do you just go with your gut and what you want that dreamy person to say? I feel like that it's kind of... It is going to be somewhat analytical to a degree, but if you are someone that's just starting out and you may not have the analytics to back this information up, then you need to start to kind of look back over the last few years of your career and really call to mind those people that you most enjoyed spending time and working with, those people that you had a great connection and relationship with, those people who kind of gave you more energy and left you feeling confident and fulfilled in the work that you did. And most importantly, those people who would typically pay for your services. You know, who are those people? What do they look like? So if you don't have the data, you know, it's important to look at things like, you know, Instagram insights or what, you know, Facebook insights, whatever analytical data that you may have, um, you know, whether it's Google analytics, social media analytics, to be able to pull a certain amount of those things. Obviously, Instagram's not going to tell you the last YouTube video your audience searched. Facebook may, <laughs> YouTube will, but <laughs> it's really going back and kind of looking over the last few years of your work and life and seeing how you have connected with those certain people and then start finding those commonalities within those people. And that's a, that's a good help. Well, and I think a big, yeah, I think a big help would also be, as I feel like we all start out as our ideal client at the beginning until we really shift our, our product and where we really shift our audience. And I feel like at least a lot of our audience is creating a product or service because they needed it and they wish they had it. And so, uh, for instance, I was literally just having this exact conversation. A friend of mine asked me, she's helping me with some messaging for a side hustle, my, my side business that I've got going on. And she literally said, okay, well, who's your tribe? What's your vibe? And what do they need? And I was like, well, aren't those just fantastic questions that I haven't thought of yet? And so I like sent her this whole big thing. And I realized that the way that I was answering it was because 
there was a piece. So it's, it's, it's in my artwork. It's in art prints that I'm wanting to offer and to sell and create. And it's in my own experience of trying to find original artwork for my own house that I haven't enjoyed that process. So I'm wanting to create a different experience for people shopping for art for their home. And so I was like literally writing about the girl that I'm struggling right now. So I feel like if you guys tap into that, if you're especially creating a product or service because of a need that you have, what are your own frustrations about it? And what do you wish existed? Absolutely. And you hit the nail on the head because what I tend to tell people is that once they go through this exercise, what they'll find out at the end that that person is kind of a mirror of themselves. You know, Olivia is a lot like me, you know, in in terms of everything from analytical data, like her age, her demographics, to things of like, what are her interests? What are her struggles? What are her frustrations? What are her goals? Yeah. She also wants all the margaritas. Absolutely. A little bit of jalapeno and grapefruit in them. Yeah. (laughs) 200%. (laughs) Yes, girl. So I think of where a lot of people get stuck is I, they may have done an exercise like this before and they've identified who this person is. Maybe they realized it was really a mirror of themselves five years ago or whatever. And then I think they just like put it on a shelf and never touch it again and they don't utilize Mm -hmm. it. So talk to me about how you can take this exercise and like, bump it up a notch. Like where can we use this information to actually strategically grow our business? Absolutely. I think that it starts with the content that you create because that's really going to be your voice and your tone. And you want to be able to attract those people and connect those people to your brand and to your business and to your services. So you got to kind of learn how to speak their language, so to speak. Because again, I'm a firm believer that your brand, your your blog, your website, your social media, it, it's not about you. It's about it's about your audience. It's about your the people that you are being those solution providers for. Now, of course, it has to be authentic to you. It has to be your dream. It has to be your goal. It has to be your idea. But the way in which you're executing that and serving it out into the world is really all about everyone else that you're the, in, in that core audience group. And so to me, it's about really starting to, once you get a clear idea about who it is that they are, a good way to not kind of put it on the shelf and forget that is to really start speaking their language, really start seeking them out, building that community, asking those questions, bringing them together, bringing them to your tribe, creating that vibe, so to speak. And that is a great way to essentially start that. So what I like to do, um, I have another exercise, I call it my trigger words exercise. So what I do is I start to sit back and think, okay, what are the words that I think now kind of knowing who Olivia is a little bit better? What are the words that are going, what are her, her pain and kind of pleasure words? What are the words that are going to excite her? attract her, make her feel good about herself, make her feel confident, make her feel curious, um, make her want to explore a little bit more? And then what are the words that are going to completely repel her? What are the words that scare her, frustrate her, give her anxiety, um, make her feel exhausted? And I write a list of the words and then I have them up on a board in my office where I can literally see them every day. And whenever I start to write a piece of content, I always look to those trigger words because I want to make sure that I am, it's not necessarily about speaking my language, but it's about speaking her language. If I'm trying to attract her, if I'm trying to connect with her, if I'm trying to meet her on that level, I need to make sure that that I'm speaking her language and she can clearly and effectively understand what I'm trying to say to her. Yeah. Well, and then all the talk of, okay, you're talking to Olivia, you're talking to one person. 
what about the other people on your list that are like half Olivia's or a quarter of Olivia? Like, how do we treat them in our content? Do we never pay attention to the fact that someone might be a little bit different? I feel like one of the big questions we get um, within our community is like, okay, cool, cool. If, if I'm just talking to one person because of my message, I know I'm attracting these type of people as well. Or I'm also able to help these type of people. What do we do with all of those other outside peoples? You survey first, if you can, to, to really get a clear idea of what they need. And then you do the same exercise for those five people. Um, again, you don't want to get into this space that now you're doing 20 million exercises, because again, if you're talking to everybody, you're talking to nobody. And really, you know, you shouldn't be your product or your service. I mean, even like, we'll we'll take Starbucks, for example, even though Starbucks is one of the biggest retailers in the entire world, you literally can't go to any country practically without seeing it on a corner. They're still kind of only serving a a handful group of people. It's usually... You know, uh, men and women between the ages of 22 to 45, um, some work, some work from home, some work at Starbucks. They're looking to start their day feeling energized, refreshed, confident, and maybe they need to spend a little time in the afternoon feeling the same way. So it's really about the the feeling that it gives to their to their audience. And so they don't need to sit here and try to appeal to everyone, even though pretty much everyone in the world is drinking a Starbucks. It's really to them in terms of the messaging and really getting clear on who your audience is. It's going to be a lot easier if you can narrow it down to one to, to a handful of types of people and then try to serve them as best as you can. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the biggest lesson that we've learned where we can serve people at different parts of their business journey, but we are only going to serve them in one type of way, like the way that we deliver content, the way that we can help them, the way that we can only help these type of people if they have this kind of mentality. And so what we've found is that, okay, our people might be newbies or they might be experienced business owners. They might be products or they might be services. That part doesn't matter. But how do they want to achieve their goals and how do they really think about life and think about their business? That's the exact thing. That's the common thread with every single student we have. Absolutely. And, you know, does that student need convenience or do they right. want a little bit more of, you know, do they need more time? Are they are they big picture thinkers or are they fact finders? You know, are they going to need a lot of information up front or can they kind of figure it out as they go? Are they super resourceful or are they going to need you to kind of hold their hand a little bit more? Are they someone who will be able to take a course that has video components to it or are they going to need that one-on-one consulting? And those are really the things that you have to suss out and find out through the navigation of you growing your brand and you evolving and changing as they evolve and change. I think one of the issues we've run into over time is who we wanted to talk to or who we did talk to uh, evolves because we're evolving and growing and changing. And so how I I know we've talked about a pivot before and our business has been a lot of things over time. We went from a service-based business all the way to an education company. And that was a pretty large leap, but we never changed our business name. And really we just switched who we were focusing on talking to. But for people who like cannot grasp that concept, do you have any ideas on how to really pivot the conversation from one ideal client to another? With with what I do that I have, I have noticed that works 
is I test it out. I feel like that there's never going to be one right answer or one right pivot or one necessarily right direction. I think that you have to test a few different things out to see what is sticking for for the greater good, if that if that makes sense. Now, you know, it still may not appeal to one person, but again, it kind of goes back to that idea of attracting and repelling. There are going to be people that just no matter how much you try, no matter how much you tr- you figure them out, no matter how much you're you're bringing what you think they need to the table, they're just not able to attract to it. And that's okay. Because then when it comes to that, you can really try to pivot and restructure to that group of people that are resonating with it well. And then the ones that are resonating resonating with it well, you can then ask them, what do you need now? Like we've kind of laid the landscape out for, you know, however long we've been working together, that we've been connecting together. We've really kind of figured out this step. What's the next step for you guys? What are you now having struggles with? What are you now finding frustrated? This is what I'm finding frustrating. Do you connect with that? And really just start to ask those questions. I find so much understanding and resolution just by simply picking up my phone and DMing someone that's in my community or sending out now. I just, I love the Instagram stories. Now we can do those surveys with the sticker. And it's so amazing to me what you, the information that you can find out just from a group of people, even if only 50 people respond, respond, that's 50 answers that you didn't know prior to that, that is now going to help you figure out which direction you should pivot to. So it's really about being resourceful and kind of doing a little bit of that data research on your own on the front end before you go ahead and you just pivot and make the move. You got to kind of test it out first and see what's sticking. Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low-ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low-ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com slash jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com slash jumpstart. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. With over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. Yeah, I think what I found interesting is even if you aren't ready for a pivot of like, okay, I'm going to offer a completely different product or service or serve my audience, what what I've noticed that we have, and I and we could definitely do a lot better at this, but realizing that we need to have a pivot in how we are serving our audience, like literally how are we educating them? How are we showing up for them? Because I think that there's a point when your business grows and things change where you can't be there for your audience like you could be when there was just 50 people, when there were just 12 people in the group, you know, when it was super small. And so your needs and the way that you serve people need to change. So I realize how powerful it is for us to simply change like the way that we describe a product, the way that we say like, here's what comes with it, it drastically shifts like are people's expectations of what comes with that product. And so I think remembering that we have that power literally with just with words of changing the description, changing what we offer. It's the same thing, but how we offer it can start to attract a whole new amount of people. Absolutely. And the landscape of the language, if you will, is is always evolving as well, especially on social media. And so that is another thing that you do. I'm so glad that you touched on that because the way that you might have spoken to them two years ago may not be the way that you're speaking to them now. And, um, you know, I know that a little bit earlier we were talking about Ashlyn Carter from um, Ashlyn Writes, who I've been an online entrepreneur now for four years and I have always written every piece of content, every piece of sales yeah. copy, every newsletter. I've written all of Same. it. I'm now getting to a place in my in my career that I'm like, you know what? I need I need someone who's an expert at this to really come in and dive in with me because I know that I have something more to offer here for my audience. I've talked to them, I've figured it out. You know, I kind of know what it may be, but I need a little bit of help putting pen to paper. I'm going to bring in a professional to help me navigate these waters a little bit more because I've kind of done it 
to the best of my my ability as much as I could. So I'm a firm believer that as your as your business grows as well, really kind of looking at the big picture here and saying, what am I really good at? That I can that I can continue doing, and what do I need to farm out? And if your business is growing, then hopefully you're monetizing and your budget's growing as well. And with that, you can start to really consider bringing in people that can help you come in and refine that message or refine that voice for you to then be able to attract, you know, hundreds of thousands or Olivia's or maybe hundreds of thousands of four or five different types of people, whatever, whatever your goal is at that moment. But I think that it's really important to remember, to remember the, the flexibility in that, you know, that with your goals, you have to be kind of flexible and um, you have to kind of bend so you don't break. So I'm glad that you, that you brought that up. So I want to know, because mostly because I'm nosy and everybody knows I'm nosy, is how does this all relate back to being a publicist? Like, how is this, how, (laughs) I mean, because you're obviously knowledgeable in this how to communicate with people thing. Um, But talk to me a little bit about what the role is of taking that information and being so aware of who your ideal client is and being able to like get people to notice you. Yeah, it's funny. I'll tell you a story. When I first met my husband, we were out. Um, we met at a charity event, and um, he got my number that night. <clears throat> and I remember he put me in his phone as Julie publicist. And I was like, "Okay, how many like Julies do you have in your phone?" And he was like, "No, like I just, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I don't like, you know, I can't remember things very well. It was just, it'll help me remember, like Julie publicist Nashville." And I'm like, "Okay." But then we always started laughing about that because as I started to grow my own business, you know, I do have a book publicity firm called OMG Publicity with my business partner that we still actively run today. I'm still very involved in that. But once I had my child, I started to kind of innovate out into other things. Um, and we talked, we touched on that earlier with the influence marketing and um, blog consulting and that sort of thing. And I remember at first I was even having a struggle and it was kind of like, I've been, you know, I've been a publicist for eight years now and I've, I've launched all these New York times bestselling campaigns, but like, yet I can't figure out who my audience is. And my husband would always say like, you have to remain Julie publicist. You always have to come from that place of Julie publicist. And I'm like, at first I was like, what is he talking about? Like, he doesn't know what he's talking about. What does that mean? Right. Like anything. Right. Like, what does that, (laughs) what does that mean? But as I started to do kind of my own navigating through my audience and really my own navigating through my message and my service and, and what I was here to do and what I really wanted to do and where I saw the voids and how I could try to be not better, but just unique with the approach of delivering, you know, solutions to this audience, I got to a place of figuring out like, okay, now I get, now I know what he means by being Julie publicist. What he means is that I just need to always come from a place of trying to create, perform and share in the most connective way possible. Because when it comes to publicity, it's really, it's, it's connection. It's you're, you're taking your, your product, your service, your author, your whoever it is that you're working with, and you're making sure that they connect in the in, in the best way possible to the public forum. And you typically do that through traditional and non-traditional media. So the way that all of this seems to kind of tie in with that and how I try to always bring it back to that is that if you don't know who you're talking to, if Emily Lay doesn't know who her reader is, not only is she not going to sell a book, 
but she's not going to be able to connect what her what her true mission, what her true core is at the end of the day. She's not going to be able to connect that out. Um, if a musician doesn't know or if, if a singer doesn't know, you know, who the listener is for their song, they're probably never going to be able to go on the road to tour to do anything. Um, if If a brand doesn't know who their product is for, they're never going to sell it. So it, it it's always coming back to that audience and really getting clear on that. So then you can kind of take it to that next level. And then once you know who your audience is, then you can start going through, you know, well, does my audience watch the Today Show? Because Emily is like, is that where we need to go? Or is your audience over on the Every Girl? You know, is your audience searching the home edit every day? Is your audience listening to podcasts? You know, where where is she or he and what are they doing today? And so that's how it all kind of relates to the publicity. And I, I will say, I think that traditionally, a lot of people have a hard time with this concept. I mean, a lot of, I have to really like... It's a struggle sometimes with with these publishing houses. I mean, these big, big publishing houses, you know, HarperCollins, Simon & Schuster, these big publishing houses, but they sometimes they have people in there that are just very used to the, to the way things have always been. And it's this very traditional format. And, oh, we need to get into Red Book Magazine. And it's like, okay, but the ideal reader of Red Book, yeah, it's like the ideal reader of Red Book Magazine is my mom. And your book is for millennial women. Like it... That does not make sense, you know? So it's really about educating and re-educating because it, it, this whole concept in a lot of ways, it's, it's not like it's this new thing that anyone invented, but you have to stay innovative within it. And it's, it's a struggle sometimes to get people to really step outside of themselves and kind of see that. Well, and I think the smaller scale for our listeners to kind of empower them to be their own publicist almost is we ask you these same kind of questions when you come to us and you say, well, how many times should I blog and what should I blog about and where, what social media platform should I be on? Where are your people? Are your people on Instagram? Are they on Snapchat? Are they on Twitter? Like literally where are they? Like that's how you can kind of take that ownership because I don't want you everywhere all the time if it's wasting your time. If, if you're not even getting in front of the people you want to convert, there's literally no reason for you to be right. there. That's why we're not on Snapchat. And same thing with <laughs> writing. How many blog posts do I need to write? Well, how many blog posts do you can, right. does your reader want to consume in a week? Is it one? Is it seven? Exactly. Is it one a exactly. month? Like, ask them. Ask, ask them. That's people don't ask questions. They just – I don't know if it's even that people assume that they know. I just think – and maybe we do. Maybe we just assume that we know because we're so connected to it that we just don't ask. Right. So that's exactly what I was going to ask you is where do I even go to find this information? I think so often we're like, okay, maybe social media, I can figure out where my people are because there's really only so many options. But like when you're starting to look for like a magazine or blogs or TV shows or whatever, like the plethora of options is so many. Do we just ask the people? Like, I feel like some of our audience isn't giving us the information I need. Like, is there some master website I don't know about? Yes. Okay. So I'm going to give you a couple of answers because there are a couple of answers. And then there's one like main one. So obviously I've been doing this for 10 years. So I'm going to kind of just know, right? Because I've been in the trenches, been doing this, been booking people. So you could ask a publicist, but it's like, okay, well, that's great. I don't know one. I don't have one to ask obviously. Um, they do have websites. Now now you do. 
They do have a ton of websites. I mean, like every magazine and every major, whether it's your affiliate television show in Oklahoma or whether it's NBC in New York, they're all going to have a press deck. And all you have to do is go to their website and it may take you five minutes to find it, to search it out, but you can find it. Every magazine has an editorial calendar and on there it's going to tell you everything that you need to know about their audience. So really it comes down to my favorite word in this industry and that is being resourceful. I feel like a lot of times people aren't as resourceful as they can be. Um, Yes, I've been doing this for 10 years, but how did I learn it? I was resourceful. I researched a lot. I emailed a lot. I asked a lot of questions. When I did have the opportunity to meet people, I used that opportunity to ask questions to learn more. I'm forever a student. So if there's any, if there's ever anything that I need to know about an outlet or about a conference, even about a podcast, because I'll tell you, some of these traditional outlets, like you know, the magazines of the world, the GMAs of the world, the good housekeepings of the world, they've been here forever. They're dinosaurs. We can find a lot of information on them. Um, you can even go to, you know, sites like Vocus Incision to find information about traditional media. When it comes to social media, you have your own personal analytics. But when it comes to podcasts, like unless people are sharing that, you, we don't you don't have that. So when I'm sitting here talking to someone about trying to get an author on a podcast, they're asking me for the stats. It's like, what do I do? Well, I go back and I email, you know, the, the founders of the podcast to say, hey, can you send me over your press kit? It's the same thing for every form of media, every conference, every speaking thing, anything that you would ever want to think that you would want to get involved in or use as quote unquote publicity. It just goes back to being resourceful and it can come down to Googling a lot of stuff yourself, emailing, re-emailing. You may not get the first five people you email may not be the right contact. Keep trying and just keep at it. Because you will get the information eventually. It's just not going to be delivered to you on a silver platter. A cool feature, and we've talked about this on an episode before, but there's a a setting somewhere in your insights and your business manager on your page on Facebook where you can literally see what are the top pages that your followers like on Facebook. Um, When we opened that, uh, it was like the biggest, not slap in the face in a bad way, but it was like, Mind blown. what the fuck is happening? Like what I did could not you, I would have lost all the bets if I took a guess on the, who are people like on Facebook versus who they actually like on Facebook. Yep. Uh, it was like, literally it was Target and like a diaper company. It was, and we're like, it was Kohl's and Honest Company and Target. I was like, oh, no business. Nothing y'all don't want to learn. <laughs> you, you got a lot of mamas listening today. It was that's what that tells me. Strange and super weird, but it literally it was the driving one of the forces for like, oh, okay, we need to kind of re-navigate this strategy over here, or we need to ask these questions over here, and it's opening up new ways that we're releasing content and new topics and all that stuff. So, like, as something as simple as that, guys. What that could also tell you is that these beautiful people that are on Facebook searching out Coles and Honest, they go to Facebook for things like that, for their consumer stuff, and they go to podcasts to learn. Yes. 
And so it is. It's really interesting to see because then it's going to help you navigate, you know, ads if you choose to do that on Facebook, the language there, of course, um, how you're speaking a little bit more. And that's why I love Facebook ads, man. They You can get really, oh, really yeah. specific. Like it's really, creepy. really neat. Yes. There's another, um, there's another platform that I love called PeopleMap. I don't know if you guys have heard about that. It's specifically for Instagram. It's an Instagram marketing tool, peoplemap.com. Co. Uh, Jennifer Puno, who's a fantastic online uh, marketer and educator, educator, actually developed it, the data, the everything with her husband when, of course, she needed it and it wasn't there. Mm-hmm. So she developed yeah. it. And what, what I love about PeopleMap is that it allows you to search people out by their interests, by their keywords, by other people that they follow. It lets you build lists. It lets you build campaigns. It's um, a lot of brands use it to actually target influencers and find their ideal influencers to work with. But um, any kind of entrepreneur or online educator out there can use it to find, say, the editor at Fast Company to, let's say, you know, the marketing director at Target. I mean, you can find so many people there if they are on Instagram, and then um, it actually has a back end as well that you can pull emails, and then you can take those emails, and then you can upload them in Facebook as a way to target over there. So I'm jotting down right now. <laughs> yes, People Map is amazing. And I actually resourceful. Um, yes, very, very resourceful. So just seeking out things like that, I would I would highly recommend people map. And another thing, like go on Facebook and look at your insights. I know so many people who have never even looked at it. Cause it is it's it's very intimidating. Like I I, I have to oh, admit, yeah. I had to have like it's clunky my data guy. And like, it's not sexy. Yeah, yeah. It's not sexy. It's like Oh, so but I mean, it will it will it will blow your mind and the amount of of time and money that they have spent on their analytics. It's it's a beautiful thing. I mean, it really is a market. Everything that you would need to know about your audience, you can find on Facebook. Yes, yeah, two hundred percent. Well, and I think that you know a lot of people. Yes, it's intimidating and yes, it's scary. But I think you know so many people ask us every day to answer these questions for them about their business by like telling them who our audience is or who we target or why we did a certain thing and it's one of those things where it's like we're an open book and we'll literally tell you anything but this may not help you like it may not help your right. business it's probably not going to because you're not selling exactly what we're selling it's one of those things where like it's your frontier to uncover and it's your job to do that right and if your target audience is a 35 year old man like I mean, maybe the strategy will work for you, but like, it's not going to be the same target audience, like no way, shape or form, but the strategy could remain the same if you use it with, with your 35 year old man in mind. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Tweak it differently, guys. (laughs) Yes. So I want to move into talk strategy to me and I want you to... My favorite part. (laughs) I know. And I I apologize in advance if I totally trip you up, but I want to know because I feel like you have this info is like, what are like three to five resources or websites that like have tricks of the trade, like publicist shit up your sleeve (laughs) that so you can target people more appropriately. I think people map was an obvious example, but 
I'm sure you have more things to share. Yes. So I'm a huge fan of People Map, obviously, that I mentioned earlier. I'm also a huge fan of Social Media Examiner. I just um, I geek out over there. I love those guys. Um, they talk geek to me, and I like it. Um, in terms of PR, I use Help a Reporter Out. Um, if you've talked pitching um, before, you might have heard that. It's just it's an easy way. It's kind of like a beginner's guide to really understanding what editors and writers are looking for in terms of content, and you can essentially pitch yourself for it. So let's say there's a freelancer out there who's looking to speak to an expert on, um, you know, winter skincare habits. If you happen to fall under that, you can essentially pitch yourself to discuss that. So that's H-A-R-O. It's Help a Reporter Out. It's great. Um, Cision is also another one. It, it is the number one PR database in the world. It's been here since the dinosaurs roamed the earth. Um, it used to be incredibly expensive. It was like, it, you know, it was... I mean, I want to say it was like 40 grand a year or something like the corporations would buy it. And then all of their publicists that were when I used to work in house at HarperCollins, everyone had a Cision account, but it was all all under the one Cision platform. Um, now it's gotten because of social media, it's gotten a little bit, they kind of had to compete a little bit more. So that is something like if you're really needing to like dive into contacts, you're going to get contacts from literally all around the world. I mean, Europe, Canada, um, South America, you name it, regional local com community, you know, everyone from your local community newspaper to the booker at the Today Show is going to be on there. Another one that I personally love is Clickbait. You can actually get it off of Google Chrome. It's a great way to search as well. And you can pretty much find any contact from hotels to, again, Today Show there. So Clickbait is a great one that I love as well. And that's C-L-I-C-K-B-A-I-T. Awesome. Super helpful. Guys, go get to internet snooping. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, Julie. So tell everyone where they can hang out with you online. Yes, of course. So um, I am, the website is juliesolomon.net. And that is really our focus of where we go. If there's, you know, anyone out there who wants to up level their online business, especially their blog, their influence, want to learn more about influencer marketing. Um, if you're a blogger out there who is like, I want brand deals, I want to talk to this media, I don't know how to do it. That's a great first stop shop for that. I also, um, I have a course called Pitch It Perfect that teaches bloggers and influencers how to pitch themselves to not only land consistent brand deals and be able to monetize more consistently and effectively, but also to land that media that's going to help you then be able to grow your brand, your business, and your income. And I'm actually doing a free webinar this Saturday, December 3rd, with Jennifer Puno, who is the founder of People Map, um, which I talked about earlier um, today. So we are going to kind of fuse our, our brand together to give you um, a great free masterclass on how you can use um, some of the pitching techniques that I share along with People Map in order to connect with people, grow your business, reach out um, to media and that sort of thing, which is awesome. And then um, I'm at Joel Solomon across all social media platforms, and that's at J-U-L-S-S-O-L-O-M-O-N. And then, of course, the Influencer Podcast. Um, I'm the founder of the Influencer Podcast. It's, of course, on Stitcher and iTunes. And uh, we really kind of share the secrets and the behind the scenes of influencer marketing and the ever-changing tra trends of um, this influencer business. So I'll interview 
um, top influencers to industry elites on um, on where this crazy world of influencer marketing and blogging and branding is going. So you can find us over there every Wednesday. Yay. Uh, for that webinar, can people sign up for that on your website? Yes. Yeah, so you just go to, okay. you can go to juliesolomon.net and find it there, or you can go to pitchitperfect.net and it will be awesome. there. And then of course- I'm going to sign up for that. That sounds awesome. Thank you. I can't wait to have you. Yeah. It'll be all over. Um, go to my social media this week on Instagram and Facebook at Jules Solomon and you'll, you'll see it all there too. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. That was super helpful. Thank you. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor. To get podcast updates and all the behind-the-scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.